You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On NFL. It's Thursday. That means Jake Lisko and myself. I'm Ryan Tracy from RGR Football. We are going to get into what's going on around this league. And uh, the sky is falling at this point. The initial volleys of jettisoning players has begun. We have plenty to talk about, not only what's going on in New York, which we will start with. Then we have to get into what the uh, the coming quote-unquote massacre is going to be as the rosters around the league devolve into who knows what. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for asking. Appreciate that. Always nice. I feel like I have a lot more peace of mind right now than veterans around the NFL after reading Diana Russini's tweet this morning. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about Sam Darnold, shall we? Joe Douglas, New York Jets general manager, in front of a microphone today answering questions about Sam and had some really nice things to say about a guy that he's about to trade. Right? I mean, we love the guy, but there's always that but. And, and I like the way that you put that. It's one thing to say behind closed doors and realize that you've either miscalculated or you'd allowed something to get off the rails. But now when you say it out loud, hey, we're going to take calls for number two. It says two big things to me, and I'm interested to see what you think. One is that clearly they have decided that they feel they can get better performance out of a rookie of some kind than they can from Sam Darnold in this situation. And in my mind, it also tells me they know who that is. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, they know what their choices are, right? There's nobody that is tricking themselves into thinking that Urban Meyer is going to go try to chase an Ohio State quarterback or a BYU quarterback or something. I mean, everybody knows who the Jets will be able to choose from. And yeah, it could very well be that they've made up their mind and they could see themselves in a position where we know we're going to go into a full rebuild. We have tons of assets right now. Let's get more assets. We've got a quarterback that a lot of people think really highly of. He probably is perceived as having all this untapped potential, all these physical gifts. There are going to be coaches around the NFL that think they can unlock them. Let's try to pile on to our, our stockpile, for lack of a better word, of, of resources, of draft picks and money. New York has plenty of both of those things right now. It does. And you have to use it to the best of your ability in this particular situation. When you're talking about what, what could end up being a sea change across the board, take full advantage of it. Design this in the way that you want to. If you are someone who came into your job with already a designated uh, support system or, or staff that you had to take that you weren't able to necessarily fill out with the guys that you trust and the guys that you want in certain positions, and most importantly, with guys that you feel can actually continue to develop a quarterback that was there before you as well, that's a tough situation. I think I would want to take back as much control as I possibly could if I'm running that GM chair and make this reflect what I'm looking for from top to bottom as much as possible. You see this happen all over the NFL, right? You get head coaches and GMs and often duos, but one or the other. And in New York, it's kind of a weird thing because – Joe Douglas started after Adam Gase by six months, gave Adam Gase, if he got to make that decision, another year. And now Adam Gase is gone. And, and now he's kind of maybe starting his actual tenure because these guys are inextricably linked 
to the quarterbacks that they draft first. So Douglas is probably sitting here thinking, well, I could either go forward with Sam Darnold and, and I would have to pay him more. His rookie contract will be expiring. Or I could give myself one of the biggest luxuries that a front office can have in sports and get a quarterback on a rookie deal that I believe in. And on top of that, I have one of the highest numbers of cap space available to me in the NFL to build the team around the guy in addition to an extra first round draft pick this year. So that is a real pipe dream, I think, for Joe Douglas in New York to get them out of the hole they feel like they've been in for as long as I can remember. It may be a pipe dream that COVID actually helps because everybody's in this situation where they feel that they need to jettison what they can in order to get things done to build up for, I think, 2022 looking forward. And I'll tell you this, I think there's two people that are really happy about this, and one is Doug, and the other is Sam Darnold. Why not start making every call that you can to get yourself some interest, at least, in some of the places you'd like to be? Um, is it too much to ask that you go back to the West Coast? Is it too much to ask that you somebody that doesn't necessarily have their job security as a higher priority than your development? There are plenty of places that I think Darnold would like to be, and clearly – if you can solicit at this point, which I think we can really agree that soliciting is going on across the league in all kinds of ways, uh, I think this is the time to get your voice out there and get yourself a new home. Where do you think Where do you think he wants to go on the West Coast? I'm trying to think of the, the West Coast teams that we've talked about that would be in the market for a quarterback. Like, do you think... Do you think Vegas would have interest? Is he? I mean, they've got Mariota there right now, so it can't be Vegas. Where... It's neither of the L.A. teams, probably. Do you think the Rams are interested in taking a flyer there to develop him behind staff? I mean, he's going to want to start, right? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think that's it. I think at the end of the day, um, old John Lynch up there in the Bay Area is maybe thinking, why not bring the California kid back? Let's see what we can do. I think we've done what we can do with the guy that we have. Maybe we can flip this thing around on its head. I would think of the, the West Coast teams that might be interested. I think that's the one that really might be the most open to doing something a little outlandish. That would be pretty interesting to see, especially considering they've, they've, they just did it with Mariota too. And then mm -hmm. Mariota came in and he played really well for them. Going to be really interesting to see where Darnold goes and what he fetches. To me, what, what, what's your lowest asking price that what, what's the bottom line you're willing to take because are they really thinking they can get a first round pick for Darnold a after seeing what happened with Carson Wentz is is there really anything that says Darnold is that much better than Wentz or are we looking at a lower price tag to me he, he maybe is a little bit younger but he's just as damaged I'm putting in air quotes <laughs> I mean I'm looking second round pick and if I get one great I'm happy with that I would agree with you completely I think that's that's what you're hoping for. A first round pick is probably out of the question at this point. And you may only get third round offers. And I think at some point, if you've, again, found your target that you feel you can move forward with in this draft, given where you're drafting, you're going to take that third and roll with it. I wonder if there are any teams. I've, I've talked about Mariota a few times in this segment. I wonder if there are any teams <laughs> that saw Mariota's one game and they're thinking, I'd rather have Mariota than Sam Darnold right now. Anybody with a quarterback over 20 million is probably going, is, are we really getting our money's worth? Could this work? <laughs> <laughs> it could be anywhere. Working is the hardest thing for a lot of people, including all of us who try to repair our own vehicles. Chain stores have different prices than your regular professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. And Rock Auto's prices are the same no matter who you are, and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com offers the lowest prices possible 
rather than changing prices based on the whims of, you know, who's getting cut today or what the airlines are doing or anything like that. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. They're a family business and they serve auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto body, auto and body, or all of it in terms of parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Ryan, we talked about it in the show open. Diana Russini from ESPN was texting with an NFL head coach on Wednesday morning and tweeted that he told her that it's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. We're starting to see this already. Gabe Jackson in Las Vegas, rumored to be released. Kyle Van Noy a couple days ago from Miami, rumored to be a release impending for both of these guys. Golden Tate on Wednesday, another one. Veterans around the league are starting to get released. It's a trickle right now, but it feels like there's a dam that's about to break. I have to agree with you. I think the Van Noy thing released with, what, $30 million and guaranteed? that you're losing out on, like that's just kind of earth shattering. It is, I think a a symptom, obviously of what we were talking about of, of trying to get under this cap, trying to get yourself situated right now for the future, not just in 2021, but I really do feel that it's, it's about 2022 and 23 and getting yourself in a place where if you have to make these cuts, do it now, rip the bandaid off, cut the scars loose so that when you come out, you can start rebuilding and not have to deal with cuts or bloated contracts or veterans that can't perform anymore when you do emerge from what this trough is going to be. On the other end of that, there's going to be some guys for some teams that actually have some money to spend, and it might enable some of those teams to play in the compensatory pick pool a little bit, even while acquiring free agents, because these guys don't count against the comp pick formula. Guys like J.J. Watt aren't going to count against the Arizona Cardinals if they lose some free agents this offseason. So on the one hand, you're right. Teams have the opportunity to reset their rosters right now. If you're kind of wavering back and forth between do I rebuild or do I try to retool and go for it? We've talked about this a lot in the last four weeks as we've gone around the league. There's a pretty big incentive to just blow it up, take this opportunity to reset your roster, And if somebody benefits on the other side, that's fine. I think it's just interesting that there are two sides of this conversation. Yeah, there really are. And the point of view, I think, may be drifting day to day at this point about oscillating between, should we just cut it now and get it out? Because there's also a thing to be said about whether you have some of those veterans like like Van Oil, like Golden Tate guys, they're a little bit long in the tooth and they're expensive in general. So you can see the end within, what, two seasons, three seasons. Maybe that's the outer limit of what you're doing. But there's a whole other group, too, that I'm really interested to see. I said a week ago, this might be the gravestone for the second-year contract in the NFL this year because nobody's more expensive than a rookie coming off of a deal where they have to get extended or if they actually give up, like, say, those guys that don't get their fifth-year options. They become very expensive elsewhere. 
right now you might feel like you can get a deal there and that that second contract, the one that costs teams the most usually, is going to be something they can get through with and look at the future long term. Those are generally the most valuable contracts for players' careers. That's where they're making all of their money. The rookie deals are obviously the most efficient for teams. You find rookies or or rookie contract players that perform well in the first five years of your deal, that's when you have a window to really push your roster. Of course, Tom Brady's out there winning Super Bowls over 40, so (laughs) it doesn't necessarily apply to everybody. But generally speaking, that is the rule. It will be very interesting to see what happens with guys coming off their rookie deal, as you point out. Are you going to see a lot of guys taking bet-on-yourself deals like Shaquille Barrett did a couple years ago with Tampa and say, well, I, I think I can be really good. I think I haven't had an opportunity to show what I can do, and I have a lot of talent. I was a first-round pick, not Shaquille Barrett, obviously, but there are some first-round picks that won't get re-signed out there that are going to think of themselves as very talented. Do they take lower-dollar bet-on-yourself one or two year deals and try to get a third contract when the salary cap recovers in just a couple of years. It's a taller order all the way around. And you have to feel like guys like Shaq bear. You have to feel for the process they went through because he did bet on himself and it paid off. And yet now, while I do think there will be a couple of big contracts that, that do get signed this off season to be, this is the year that you have to cash in and your Shaq Barrett, Man, that's just the luck of the draw that is really upsetting to see for somebody who has persevered and pushed himself through this whole process. And now not to have a market that can really absorb that kind of contract that you've been waiting to get paid off with. Maybe it is a one year that's better. Maybe it is, like you said, take that third contract and try to stretch to it, even if you have to give up some in the meantime, to get that bigger payday when hopefully things rebound. You're going to see that a lot with guys that, don't think they were a good scheme fit or or think that they have a lot left in the tank. I think of guys like John Ross, who one of our locked on hosts, Sosa, who does locked on Rams is talking of talking up as a Rams free agent target. John Ross, a guy who comes into the league with that four, two, two 40 and just absolutely gets straight into the doghouse, and, and never really has gotten an extended shot outside of maybe one year in his NFL career. Guys like that, that have the top of the first round pedigree and maybe he was overdrafted, maybe not. They're going to think, well, maybe I can, maybe I can do a one year deal and then get that third year deal. There are going to be a lot of players in that situation. And shout out to all you uh, Washington Husky dog fans out there. Um, someone will rebound from this program. Is it going to be John Ross? I don't know. This is also for those players in that situation. Maybe this is the golden opportunity to put all your effort into one season Sign one prove-it deal, knowing that you're going to get a shot after that, and sell out for what could be your career if you're somebody like John that is in that situation. This, I think not only uh, massacre is obviously a negative term, but this could also be like the cocooning of the guys that will emerge from this in brand-new situations with, with better skill sets and a more positive future in front of them. I like cocooning. And the teams that are going to benefit from this are the teams that – know what kind of butterflies they want, right? They know what butterfly wings fit their paint pattern or whatever, you know? Uh, maybe maybe we're stretching the metaphor here, but you're looking for <laughs> I like it though. You're looking for the scheme fits, right? The 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 teams that do the best job of either identifying guys for their scheme or identifying good players that they can mold their scheme around, which is what Andy Reid does so well in Kansas City, which is what 
the best coaches in the NFL do. Kyle Shanahan in, in San Francisco, some of my favorites in molding their offense specifically to the kinds of players they have available. The teams that can identify skilled players that haven't had a chance to show off their talents, they're the ones that are going to benefit. So not only is there a chance here for players to to try to set themselves up in the future, and and I don't envy the players in this situation. It's There's a silver lining, but it's not a pleasant place to be as we've talked about. The teams that are going to benefit are the ones that have an eye for talent and are flexible and know how to cater to those talents. Yeah, I think the pressure gets put on the coaches because at that point, if you're if you're flushing veteran talent because you can't afford it and you have to get, you know, if you see the evolution or the de-evolution really from what is like a high school prom that you've been dealing with the last few years and all of a sudden you're at that like Sadie Hawkins junior high level because the majority of your roster is under 24 years old. All of a sudden, it's on you to be the adaptation to make sure that you can do something that takes advantage of the strengths that you find in young guys that you haven't had years to develop and don't have that veteran experience. I think that does put some stress on, especially coaches that are right on the edge, teams that are right on the edge of either making the playoffs or or having to adapt that maybe they won't have what they've built to this point. That's always been the balancing act in the NFL, and this isn't new. It's not new that the best coaches are the ones that find the the players and figure out how to use them to their maximum potential. None of this is news, but it's, again, another unique opportunity for some coaches to, I guess, separate themselves in the coaching ranks as they're dealing with potentially a more cash-strapped and resource-strapped season than they typically do. Coming up next, let's take a look at some of the players that have been released and some of the axes that haven't yet fallen. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And in fact, they're not even limited to sports. You can cover awards, TV shows, reality TV, and you're listening to the Locked On NFL podcast right now. I know you're sad that football's over, but Bet Online has you covered for the sports that are still going. You've got the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You can sign up for free right now, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Go sign up on your mobile phone or on your computer. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get that 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Go check it out. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. There's been a real flurry of activity in the NFL in the last couple of days, and a lot of veteran tight ends. Weirdly hitting the market at the same time, the Saints officially released, according to Field Yates on Wednesday, Jared Cook and Josh Hill. This comes a day after the Vikings move on from Kyle Rudolph with his Players' Tribune post pouring his heart out to the city. Three veteran tight ends hit the market right away. I'm not sure how much these guys really move the needle at this point in their careers or, or their respective productivity. But these moves are really happening more frequently at this point. They are. I mean, at this rate, like I wouldn't want to be a tight end that's on a second contract anywhere. Um, you're going to see more and more, I think. And I mean, it's not to preclude them from getting signed either, because I think you're going to see them land other places and bring some kind of production. I mean, Jason Witten was on a field last year after calling games. So let's not let's not say the tight ends can't just kind of hop over to another offense, but Clearly, the investment in 11 personnel across the league as it's grown has just made spending money at the tight end position 
more and more of a challenge, I think. And this is, I think, the beginning of a reset that we're going to see more of these tight ends released. Don't tell that to Tampa Bay and and Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> another guy who came back after a year off and went and just, you know, did something as pedestrian as winning a Super Bowl. In other tight end news, just to stay on tight ends for a moment longer, Adam Schefter reporting on Wednesday that Delaney Walker, who was a COVID opt-out, is going to be back and is is intending to play in 2021. So good news for the Titans and Delaney Walker fans. He's a lot of fun to watch when he is on the field. But there's a lot of other activity happening in terms of transactions today, Ryan. There are. Golden Tate, I didn't expect him to go anywhere. I thought that maybe you were going to try to to roll that up and, and see what you could produce in a second season. Um, a little bit of a surprise to me. I think there's going to be, again, the higher-priced veterans in a number of positions are just going to start to see uh, what we saw as the, the massacre beginning. Well, okay, so there's we've gone through axes and massacres, and at some point there's just going to be bodies in the street, and it's going to be a merry-go-round about who lands elsewhere. And it brings me back to the GM position. Like There's going to be guys who can get open in this league. There's going to be guys that can catch passes and score for you that are going to be out there as street agents that you can go negotiate with. And I think that's exciting for some. I mean, J.J. Watt just had the entire world watching his free agency adventure, which happened in what the course of about a week. And these guys, as soon as they're cut, if they're vested veterans, they get to negotiate. Tyrell Williams, we saw a sign on Wednesday with the Detroit Lions, ostensibly a Marvin Jones replacement there. A lot of people apparently seem to think that Kenny Galladay is due for the franchise tag. We'll see what happens. There's still some uncertainty around that. But Tyrell Williams, after not playing... Gets a deal up to worth up to $6.2 million from the Detroit Lions. So we'll see how many incentive dollars are tied up in that in that deal. But I can't recall a more exciting prelude to free agency for, for NFL fans because usually, you know, this stuff is happening in, in the steakhouses and in, in the cigar smoky steakhouses in Indianapolis. But now it's, it's happening in the in the open a little bit more because instead of free agents, we're talking about an influx of guys hitting the market early. Yeah, usually this is combined with, you know, those, those kind of crocodile tears from all of that horseradish at St. Elmo's. I mean, there's a number of things <laughs> that go into these kind of deals. But again, it's exciting. I, I like that you put it that way because I, I'm sure for, for veterans around the league, they're a little bit trepidatious, but... Again, it's a new lease on life. And I the Walker thing in particular, like just starting over again. I think this is what I said uh, when, in my initial reaction today on Twitter was that this is going to really reset the landscape across the league. And that means not only are you going to replace talent in a given position, it allows you to adjust your offenses, particularly with all these tight ends and wide receivers. It allows you to adjust how you want to go about defending all these groups of receivers and uh you know i'll be interested to see what happens in detroit i don't know about the franchise tag itself but i will say i am interested to know i don't know about you who's going to help um jj what like you know look for his restaurants a little bit faster well probably deandre hopkins right does deandre have a restaurant that's my next question I, I am not a deandre hopkins <laughs> expert to the point when i can comment on his non-football uh, business ventures. I do not know if he has a restaurant, but how about the teams that have some money? Let's talk about this for a second because all these guys hitting the market, Jacksonville, New York, New England, all have 70 plus million dollars, depending on who you believe uh, against the cap that they can spend right now. Indianapolis Colts, 
50 million dollars denver broncos nearly 50 washington 43 cincinnati 43 carolina 37 a lot of teams have a lot of money so while we're seeing a lot of cuts happen there's a lot of fun speculation about some of these cuts about like who's preparing to trade for deshaun watson whenever you see like a kyle van noy move out of miami is this miami getting ready to trade for deshaun watson and then you look at all these teams that are going to stand to benefit. Does New England just bring Kyle Van Noy back, get him a little bit cheaper, and get him back to the productivity that he had in New England? Somebody will stand to benefit here. Don't be alarmed when I say this because it creeps me out too that I'm about to make two prom references in one show. But all those teams, when you were going through them, one thing kind of ran through, even with the, the Wentz acquisition. All those teams at the end of the day have money to spend they're all set it, and it reminds me of a prom when you know you ask the girl that you like and she decides to say yes because she doesn't want her fees and then she doesn't show up they're all dressed up with no one to hire and the quarterback market i think is what's really going to drive this deshaun's certainly going to be it but with all those other teams only there's only one deshaun to go around what do you do if you have all that cash and you have nothing to spend it on that's going to be the question these smaller contracts for release veterans i think Again, it's going to change the landscape, and maybe that allows you, if you're not the you know the winner of the Deshaun sweepstakes, uh, to go ahead and just pick up piece after piece after piece and get an influx of veteran leadership. I think that's something that the Colts, in particular, could really use and take advantage of in a couple of different spots. Yeah, the Colts have an opportunity to really make a push for it with that much money because that defense is in a really good spot. They have to. Hope and pray, I guess, that Carson Wentz gets back on track because if they whiff on Carson Wentz, then it's all for naught. But they have resources to put the players around Carson Wentz. They've got a pretty good offensive line. I think Anthony Costanzo is going to need to be replaced after he stretched his career out in Indy. But th they have some pieces in place there that they can make that push. Now, which of these other teams is, is in a similar situation? Maybe the Los Angeles Chargers looking down the list. Maybe Miami after moving on from Kyle Van Noy. Miami, man, that one is really interesting. With Tua in his second year and, and the Deshaun Watson rumors, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It is. And if it doesn't work out, then I immediately flip to the draft because Tua's in-house and you have two of the top three wide receivers in this draft that will be available at that spot that are immediate pairs that maybe help you, again, redouble your efforts to, in the development of Tua. I, it, it's it's so quarterback dependent right now, and all these releases are just beginning to get the ball rolling. We're nowhere near done yet. And if that coach is right, Ryan, we will have a lot to talk about next week at this time when we're back with you on the Locked on NFL podcast. When the news drops tomorrow, make sure you find out what Q and Chris have for you for Friday's episode of the show. Until next Thursday, for Ryan Tracy, I'm Jake Lisko. We'll talk to you then.